Good evening, everyone. Um, we're on our journey between Belgrade and Bar. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, particularly to those in audio-only format, for which I don't know whether this works at all. Uh, on, on which note, there might be spiky loud bits because I might be talking from inside the vestibule of a train. Um, let's get cracking. Welcome to tonight's Rail Matter. City 225 fades away. Let's uh, let's interrupt a, a rather pensive-looking me from two years ago um, to see what our progress is. So um, we are kind of in the foothills, I suppose, through um, Zlatibor, near, near, near Zlatibor. I don't know if the train actually goes through there. We're slowing for a station, actually. Um, but it's, what is it? It's... Uh, 20, around 20 to 1, so quite a few hours left. Ah, we're uh, pulling across this station. This is Branesti. Interesting. Anyway, yeah, the journey continues. These, yeah, these views are quite different. It's kind of rolling and uh, different sorts of uh, agriculture. Um, yeah, it's fascinating, you know, following those canyons, which were spectacular. It's very cool. Very, very cool. So where are we? We are uh, pretty much exactly 1,900 kilometres from Railnata Towers at this point on our journey in Serbia at the moment, getting close to the Bosnian border. Um, our journey, uh, we started in Belgrade. Uh, last episode, uh, two weeks ago, we worked our way south to Užica. This episode, we're going to be going from Užica down to Kološin, and then from Kološin dropping down to Bar in two weeks' time for the last episode. Let's have a little a bit of a closer look. So at the end of the last episode, we ended in, uh, or just outside of Užica, um, and um, uh, that was in part one. And this part two, we're going from Užica to Kološin, so we are now found ourselves in a place called Branešci, um, which is about a third of the way between Užica and Priboj um, there in Serbia. We're kind of approaching the, 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 the brief period, the nine kilometers or so that we'll spend in Bosnia. Um, and you can see that we are climbing up the hill to go underneath his Latibor mountain, and we will... Um, then drop down to Priboj, uh, and then Priapolia to head towards the uh, Serbian and, and Montenegrin border. Uh, in the meantime, we have to have a brief trip into Bosnia. And so there we are, uh, pulling out of Brunesci. Um Quite a sizable station for uh, for quite a small place. Uh, what else? Uh, let's, let's speak to me in a train. Is a, is a long. We've been here for ages. 
Well, all sorts. Uh, a view down a hill for a start. There we are. There's a, an enormous gorge and some some chalets. And all sorts. Quite 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 interesting things going on. Um, then uh, kind of typifying this this section of the line. Also, just in just enormously high bridges on the side of side of mountains uh, or crossing between valleys. You know, with, with water bodies uh, down below. Just absolutely spectacular. In fact, as you see, as I pan the camera up here, there's a Danish reflection. Uh, and Dina's legs, indeed. Um, uh, there's, 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 there's fantastic views up the, up the gorge that I fail to film because, unfortunately, one of the tricky things about the train is you pop in and out of left, right, center, tunnel this way, tunnel that way, cutting woods. It's quite difficult to film. Anyway, there's a nice view of, uh, of the of the loco pulling us along, 461001. Um, it's, it's quite a smart-looking loco, given its age. Very nice. And uh, along here is some pretty well-maintained track. Actually, peep behind the curtain. This, this is a bit of footage I filmed later on, but, you know, I, I like to cut in a bit of interest, slightly different footage to keep things visually interesting, right? Anyway, more views down gorges. Um, Two track tunnel. One of the things, there's clearly a lot of civilization here, and in some sections where there looks like there's passive provision. So here you go, there's this long section where there's a provision for a passing loop up, up high in the mountains that, that was clearly decided not to be taken. Perhaps the civil engineering got uh, you know got ahead of the, the kind of operational plan in the, in the 70s when this section was built. But, um, or the 60s and 70s when this section was being built. Uh, yet another enormous bridge, views down mountains and gorges, little little reveal there. Uh, just just a little snapshot. You get these little snapshots all the time. This, I mean, there's an enormous bit of civil engineering going on down there. Possibly access to a mine? So down down here is a, a river I'm not sure the name of, but passing into a tunnel. We, uh, we were just in, and we are now in Bosnia. Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, voluntarily. So, yeah, this uh, train really, really does uh, weave its way through quite a large extent of the former Yugoslavia. On another spectacular vibe out there. I don't think, don't really think I can communicate to you how, how cool it is. There we are, another vibe out. And briefly, Golesh, that sh hut. Uh, we, we are in 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 Bosnia, uh, or I mean, Republic of Srpska, but actually, you know, uh, ethno politics. Let's park it. Very beautiful, but quite frozen in time. Let's put it that way. Absolutely normally, we've uh, come to a stop inside the tunnel. Uh, I think we're still in, in Bosnia and Herzegovina. I'm going to ask Dina how she feels about this. Dina, how do you feel about stopping in this tunnel? Have we stopped? That's, uh, yep, there we go. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely fine. Normal stopping in a dark tunnel. The mystery of the journey continues. <laughs> Yeah, it's me being very cheerful. Uh, looking at across a rather beautiful bit of bit of Bosnia, but um, here is a oh, there's a there's a nice Stadler flirt. We're actually now pulling into Sturti uh, Station, or we're not pulling in. We kind of pass through without stopping. Actually, uh, hopefully that local train stopped. Um, this was the location in 1993 of a pretty horrific massacre of, uh, of 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 18 Bosniaks and one Croat by the kind of the militia group that call themselves the Avengers one part of the White Eagles Bosnia Serb militia um, as part of the various horrors there it is with all their ethno-nationalist symbology all over the station um, yeah uh, yeah don't have militias folks they're, they're just bad news anyway yeah that's a pretty pretty horrific situation they, they pulled out they just basically dragged this this literally this train back in in, um, in February 1993 they just pulled those people out uh, of the train the train having stopped and, and just shot them uh, Pretty horrific. I, I, you know, that's 
it's kind of a cheerful view of the, of the, of the beauty of this of this bit of you know the whole video is set of videos is supposed to be a, kind of a nice view of a stunningly beautiful railway but you can't hide away from the context and what happened pretty recently um it has to be said anyway that we just went through that tunnel and disappeared out of bosnia and arrived back into serbia which is quite interesting um and indeed the views these views down the, the valley i think i'm about to wibble the camera down to look, look down at the, the valley floor these views and all the chaos and all this the horrible history into recent and further in the distance uh, history plus this sort of terrain that we can see is is all worthy of keeping fresh in your mind because Oh, as we look back, uh, kind of actually we're reaching a more populated part of uh, within Serbia. So the Bosnian bit is pretty empty. Actually, this bit of Serbia, very close to Bosnia, is pretty well populated. The reason for all that, um, we're going to explain momentarily because I'm going to talk a little bit about Yugoslav history. To tell the story of the Belgrade Bar Railway, um, uh, we have to kind of uh, think about the the, the the context within which it's created, which is which is socialist Yugoslavia, and therefore we need to kind of tell the story of socialist Yugoslavia. And and whilst we could jump back to the Middle Ages to tell that story, I think actually it's useful to to start uh, on the third of October, nineteen twenty nine, which is when the Kingdom of Yugoslavia was kind of uh, renamed. Uh, the new name appeared. Yugoslavia is uh, uh, South Slavs, uh, the land of the South Slavs. Yugo South Slavia, land of the Slavs. So the land of the South Slavs. Uh, this new name, uh, to na which originally you know. Out the aftermath of World War One, the Kingdom of Serbs, Croats, and Slovenes, a uh, name conveniently omitting uh, the sizable population of Bosniaks, but there we are. Um, story of the area, um, and uh, so this this uh, this this country uh, in the aftermath of the First World War had inherited quite a lot of railways. Um, a lot of them were seven sixty millimeter Austro-Hungarian narrow gauge, quite useful for traversing the mountainous terrain. But in the flatter northern part of the of, of this country, kind of uh, along the Danube, lots of standard gauge railways, you know, the, the route of the Orient Express and so on. So that was the, that was the Kingdom of Yugoslavia. And it had kind of been created uh, from this uh, kind of the more liberal project to create a unified land of the South Slavs rather than a, a greater Serbia, which was kind of a, a, an alternative ongoing project that had been very popular within, within Serbia um, at the time. So we have the Kingdom of Yugoslavia. Jump force the 25th of March 1941, and uh, some history had been happening. The uh, government of the Kingdom of Yugoslavia, or rather the royal family, decided to um, to sign up for the uh, the tripartite pact, uh, which of course is the was the pact, uh, fairly ineffective document, didn't really mean much, but it was the pact um, unifying Nazi Germany, fascist Italy, and uh, Imperial Japan uh, into one axis of evil. Uh, it didn't really mean much, but uh, a bunch of other loser countries also signed on, and uh, Yugoslavia, the Kingdom of Yugoslavia, was one of them. This did not go down well with the people of Yugoslavia. And indeed, on the 27th of March 1941, two days later, uh, and not for the first time in history, there were enormous protests um, across the country, particularly in Belgrade, you know, thousands and thousands of people turning out to say that they were sick of their um, government's bullshit. And uh, this, this is a recurring theme uh, of mass protests reversing polit political action in, in the country. Anyway, huge protests um, across Belgrade. You know, protesters were using uh, slogans that admittedly are catchier in um, Serbo-Croat, like um, "you know, better the, the the war than the pact, better the grave than a slave," um, and, and yeah, this this this. I mean, the, the, the Allies, for example, you know, Winston Churchill said that uh, that uh, Yugoslavia had found its soul. There was a coup. There was a coup d'état. Paul was deposed, and and Peter was brought in. Uh, Paul was abdicated. Peter came in. Uh, there's a robbing Peter to pay Paul joke in there somewhere. The trouble is, Yugoslavia's situation was not particularly favourable. It was surrounded to the to the west and to the south by Italy. 
Italy, fascist Italy and, and its um, proxies, and to the north and the east by Nazi Germany and its proxies. So its condition was not uh, in a good way. And its withdrawal from the tripartite pact following the coup did not go down well with Hitler, who in on the 6th of April 1941, you know, only a few days after the, the coup, launched an enormous blitzkrieg attack across Yugoslavia, bombed Belgrade pretty severely uh, and completely invaded Yugoslavia very rapidly. And despite the fact that Yugoslavia had more men than 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 its than the attacking forces, about seven hundred thousand strong army, uh, they were poorly organised. Communication was very poor, logistics was poor, they were poorly equipped, and pretty rapidly Yugoslavia fell and was was sort of split apart by uh, you know, the majority taken over by Nazi Germany, fascist Italy took uh, the southern section, Hungary and Bulgaria also gobbling bits up. It was then sort of split into client states, so you had particularly uh, notable and relevant today's politics is the, is the client state of, uh, of, of, of kind of Croatia, which was really a, a kind of a fascist Nazi German uh, puppet state. We have to talk about the resistance to this though, because instantly there was resistance to this invasion and, and takeover. You know, this is a country that had had its entire history been defined by invading armies coming in, whether it was the Ottoman Turks or whether it was Austro-Hungarians, and and, and 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 having their country um, invaded and occupied by others. And there were two main forms of resistance, two main groups of resistance. Uh, one were the Chetniks. They were royalists. They were ethno-nationalists. They believed in the idea of a greater Serbia. They they believed in, in, in primarily in the cause of the Serb and they also benefited from the large-scale support of the Allies from from the off, really. Uh, so that was the Chetniks. The other group was the Partisans. They had two two key advantages over the Chetniks. Um, yes, they didn't have the support of the Allies. They were poorly equipped, uh, small numbers of forces, uh, less well organised to start with. But they they generally comprised of, of liberals. Um, socialists, communists, progressives at large. The two advantages they had, one was that they had a, a decent cadre of, of experienced veterans from the Spanish Civil War. The other was that because they were not ethno-nationalists, they were following a broad South Slavic, you know, Yugoslavian project, they benefited from the support of, of everyone. And, and that, that certainly helped them to, to gain traction. On the 8th of September 1943, things changed. Italy got beaten. The Italian Civil War kicked off. And this suddenly meant that Nazi Germany was responsible for the whole of Yugoslavia and their forces were stretched that little bit more thinly, let's say. Enter Will Deakin, FWD Deakin, uh, William Deakin, uh, not to be confused with Will Deakin, friend of the show. Um, he was sent by the British uh, to report on the two groups. Uh, this is a, a, a kind of you know, by 1943. You know, we'd had two years, more than two years of, of resistance building. Uh, Will Deakin was sent to report on on the status of the of the resistance. Now, Deakin arrived um, in, in, in Yugoslavia in the midst of a, a, an enormous German operation, Operation Schwarz, which was um, yet another anti-partisan offensive that uh, that the Germans were enacting, aimed uh, chiefly at the partisans, but also at the Chetniks. And uh, and, and his, his various reports contained kind of two important observations. The, the first, uh, here they are, the partisans are at work, uh, Tito in all three pictures. Hello, Tito. Spot the Tito. Uh, the, the first was that the, that the um, partisans were... were pretty effective fighters and had been putting up very stiff resistance and really grinding uh, Nazi German resources, but that they had, as a result, suffered significant casualties and, and really were reaching the point where they required support. The second of the observations that he made, and, and these would be later backed up by uh, British Ultra intercepts, you know, the, the code-cracking, uh, Bletchley code-cracking intercepts and, and, and other, other kind of intelligence at the time, it was that the uh, the Chetniks were collaborating. <laughs> they were collaborating with the fascist Italians, uh, or had been, and and then with the, with the, with the Germans as well, uh, and also taking lots of photos to capture that 
uh, as evidence for the future. Marvelous. Uh, so that yeah, they they were collaborating, and they were also completely useless or largely useless. They had um, you know the 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 an entire mountain division, the, the first mountain division of, of the German uh, forces had, had transited from the Soviet Union um, on rail lines through Chetnik controlled territory, and uh, the Chetniks had just basically let them pass through without you know without any sort of pause whatsoever. At this point, uh, you know, with the partisans essentially winning the moral war, you know, it it, it was clear to the Allies they needed to switch allegiances. And so that's what they did. Uh, they abandoned, well, they didn't abandon the Chetniks, but they moved their allegiances from the Chetniks to the partisans. That same month, Churchill um, parachuted in an envoy to serve as a permanent uh, formal liaison to the to the partisans, and, 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 and you know, the partisans got all, kind of, basically most of the, the, the support from that point. They, they also formally recognised the uh, the Avnoi, the, the anti-fascist, yes, because the partisans were Antifa, uh, the anti-fascist council for the national liberation of Yugoslavia, which is basically the de facto government. And indeed, um, that government was kind of formally recognised, which created, on the 29th of November 1943, a kind of interim state, and it was known as Democratic Federal Yugoslavia. Roll on a year into September 1944, and um, Democratic Federal Yugoslavia had really been uh, acting as a bit of a meat grinder for Nazis. Uh, huge amounts of resources poured into attempting to retain uh, this country by, by Nazi Germany, because the partisans had become an incredibly effective fighting force at this point. Air support from the Allies had uh, certainly helped, as had lots of um, uh, kind of arms and material and, and, and other logistical support. But the partisans were really winning, essentially. They were winning. And you can see from this map that I've uh, jimmied into into our uh, kind of graphic map here, um, that partisan-controlled territory was pretty massive, and only the main corridors could, could still be controlled by Nazi Germany. By this point, uh, the Soviet Union had, had pretty much dominated uh, Germany uh, in the east and, and had occupied Romania and Bulgaria. They made their push um, with the support of the partisans. They made their push uh, across across the country, across Yugoslavia, uh, kind of starting with the, the liberation of Belgrade. Here's a nice shot um, uh, kind of uh, behind uh, sort of what is now the government buildings in, in Belgrade. Um, with, with I think this is the main road with, with Slavia, the Slavia Square kind of behind um what is now London Square, probably near here. Anyway, I digress. Um, it's, uh, yeah, you can see uh, the pretty vicious bat fighting that had occurred. And, and, and this began an, an enormous withdrawal of Nazi German forces uh, out of Yugoslavia. They were, they were kind of essentially running for their lives at this point. And on the 17th to the 25th of May 1945, the last battle being fought of World War II in Europe, so the last battle on European soil, it was the Battle of Odjak, um, which was, uh, it sort of lasted a fair few days, and it was over two weeks after the, the last, you know, after the end of the war, after the, the war had ended in Europe. But it was the, the, the armed forces of the independent state of Croatia, fascists, and kind of them supported by the Chetniks, weirdly, uh, versus the the partisans uh, and the partisans yeah, beat their ass a pretty decisive victory for the partisans so we saw the end of the Chetniks their leader Draja Mihailovic um, was uh, was found guilty of war crimes um, tried by a Yugoslav tribunal um, the Chetniks by the way had been doing absolutely awful crimes against humanity uh, across the country he was found uh, and, and executed uh, not before uh, the US awarded him a legion of merit um, but uh, there we go Long-time leader of the Partisans, uh, Josip Broz Tito here, our boy, uh, stood next to Churchill in a spectacular fit. I mean, grief, Churchill, what? Just all white, quite something. Anyway, Tito, very much now president of Democratic Federal Yugoslavia, um, and his partisans and his partisan leadership then were able to, on the 29th of November 1945, two years after the formation of their nascent state, create the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. And here it is, the emergence of Socialist Yugoslavia. Now, Tito was able to unite a... Um, 
a a country with a, a hugely diverse country, a country that had been a meat grinder for Nazis for uh, four years, and one that was pretty, pretty battered and bruised uh, as a result, uh, unite these countries by this federal structure, by enabling the autonomy of the of the individual regions. There is a lot of work to be done, though, um, and the, 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 as a result of this huge popular, you know, firstly, the huge population was the army you know 800,000 men you know four field armies worth of, of, of what were the partisans in by the time they finished the war so that was a huge number of men and material who could be directed into rebuilding the state but a lot of people in the country across the country volunteered to support you know young people particularly volunteered to support this project to create a new state this new new model state and um, socialist Yugoslavia so a huge amount of construction work was happening roads particularly but also railways as we will describe but housing too you know New Belgrade there in the bottom corner. Just an enormous effort to reconstruct a country, build a new nation uh, and industrialise. There's a five-year plan to industrialise Yugoslavia. We have to talk about railways. We have to talk about the Yugoslav railways, the Yugoslavenska Železnica, uh, that's in Serbia, Croatia. There was a tremendous effort to expand the railway network, expand the standard gauge uh, railway network across Yugoslavia as part of this industrialisation because the need to move goods across the country meant there was a need for an expansion of the railways. And so we saw an enormous effort of the construction of new railways. In 1946, only a year after the Second World War ended, we saw a 100-kilometre railway being constructed between Brčko and Banovići, kind of connecting, basically joining the dots between industrial areas, a lot of them in the mountains. You can see, in fact, that in the background, the little faded background map, there's the big gap in the railway network was in the big mountainous area, kind of in the heart of, of, of Yugoslavia. 1947, we saw this expansion of you know, another 250 kilometres of railway being built between Shamats and Sarajevo, um, kind of paralleling a former Narragage railway-ish, but connecting up to the, the, the main line up, up between Zagreb and Bel- Belgrade. Um, 1948, another 100, 112 kilometres of railway between Bihać and Knin over in Croatia, kind of shortening the journey down to the coast substantially from, from up in Zagreb. Uh, at this point, it's worth saying that there was, you know, people often assume uh, that... Uh, that Yugoslavia was, is a, is, was a communist state as part of the Eastern Bloc associated with the, the USSR. That is not the case. And hardened by the fact that there was a split between Tito and Stalin, Stalin had sent several assassins to try and kill Tito. And allegedly, a letter was sent back by Tito saying the following, if you don't stop sending killers, I'll send one to Moscow and I won't have to send a second. I mean, this period was was, was up to this point and, and kind of up to 1948 and a little bit beyond, in fact, was, was known as the Inform Bureau period. Um, and it was a pretty paranoid period. Let's not claim that at the start of the creation of any state, particularly a, a, a socialist one that had, had so much split, you know, the Chet, you know, the, this ethno-nationalism that had been a, one of the one of the resistance forces uh, had obviously built a huge amount of resentment. And it, it's, it comes back to this this friction that I talked about at the start of the segment, where there, there's this idea of, of, of the greater Serbia, Serbs for Serbs, versus the broader Yugoslav project, and the, the kind of the pan-national, pan-ethnic um, project, and this friction that existed. Tito held it together. Jump force in 1966, so so kind of well beyond the the, the, the first, or one or more of the of the five-year plans. New railway was extended. This is a fantastic railway, by the way, between Sarajevo, uh, Mostar, and Plocha um, on the coast, another 200 kilometers railway. It wasn't just new railways being built, lots of electrification was going on, a 25 kV overhead electrification. So in this case, uh, in 1970, that electrification um, expanded from Zagreb to Belgrade, kind of creating kind of a pretty fast intercity mainline, really, between the two uh, cities. And then in 1976, by the way, as I'll, as I'll talk about um, momentarily, just split into several sections that had been under construction since the late 50s. Uh, in 1976, the completed Belgrade Bar Railway was opened, adding another 500 kilometers of railway. So by 1976, you're just looking at these major projects alone, 
ignoring some of the smaller railway projects, just these major projects alone, well over 1,000, 1,123 kilometers of new railway being built. So an enormous amount of new railway constructed. And if I flick between the kind of the old map and the, and the new map, you can see some of the other bits of railway that, that were existing there um, and, and some that, that, that still remain. Actually, this is the electrification one, so you can see the different types of electrification up in Slovenia, which had a different electrification system. Anyway, I digress. It wasn't all sunshine and roses, though. Um, you can see the enormous economic growth that you know, highlighted in orange here, the enormous economic growth that happened in Yugoslavia, socialist Yugoslavia, through the 50s, uh, through the 60s, and indeed through the 70s. Tito died um, in 1980. The country had been a meat grinder for Nazis, and as a result, its infrastructure, what, it, what little infrastructure it had as a not hugely developed country, had been smashed to bits, and it required an enormous effort to rebuild, as was the case in lots of other situations across Europe with uh, Marshall Plan funding. The US started to flex its imperial muscles by calling for liberalization, uh, capitalization, and the sort of dismantling of the, of the socialist state. Otherwise, it would call in its debts. And this, funnily enough, wrecked the economy of... <laughs> made an absolute mess of the economy of, of socialist Yugoslavia. There was there were other things going on, frankly. There were other other issues going on. But a, a core problem was the need for austerity, the need for market liberalization called for by Yugoslavia's debtors, most of the US. This then spread inequality, because if you do austerity, that means you're spreading inequality. In, inequality spreads resentment, which fomented substantial ethnic dissatisfaction across a, a pretty diverse country. And we know what the consequences of that were, or, or hopefully everyone watching this is aware of the consequences. Of, of what that were, because uh, Yugoslavia disintegrated in civil war. The economy of the country went to hell, and so too did the railways. So, you know, from the point where we had, you know, these wonderful, sort of, this is one of the express diesel trains pulling, pulling, pulling trains around to uh, that same, and indeed Tito's blue train, uh, to the turn of being decay. I think these two pictures sort of summarize the state of the railways in, 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 in what is left of Yugoslavia. And here we are in the rather fetching red Preboy station. Um, nice fresh ballast. Uh, oh, rather rather smart. You'd see as one of these um, classic towns nestled in, in, in the valley here with the forested escarpments behind. Not, not Don't think much of that barrow crossing or the platforms, to be honest. Um, here we are. Oh, rather fetching. Yeah, there we go. There's, there's, there's the kind of the forested escarpments that, that kind of typifies this, this, this part of the, of the country, this, this part of Serbia. Uh, here, there's a minaret uh, in, in the background there of a mosque indicating a little bit about uh, the uh, religious and, and, and relatedly the ethnic diversity of, of the area. Uh, yeah, you see these kind of this medium density kind of reaching up this gap to the hill typifies this area. The, the railway kind of weaves along a valley surrounded by this sort of urban build-up. Uh, not everything looking entirely alive. For example, this this very much X factory that I would suspect died either before or certainly after uh, UN sanctions. Um, uh, another factory here that, that looks like it is functioning. The rather on the nose named uh, Fabrica Automobile Priboy, the, the the car factory of Priboy. There, I wonder what they make there. So it's two o'clock. We are next to the Lim the Lim River, uh, which is kind of like. Well, further up, it's on the Serbian, Bosnian, Herzegovinian border, uh, and it's yeah, it's a quite a frontiery feeling part of the country in Serbia still. Um, or rather, we're back in Serbia, having been in Bosnia and Herzegovina for uh, 10 kilometers or something. Uh, if you're wondering, by the way, why my mask is coming on, it's because when I'm in the vestibule, generally it's like when there's, there's a gap, there's, 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 there's fresh air coming here, so I'm giving me a chance to breathe. It's an 11 hour journey, but I keep my mask on in the coach, generally, unless I'm nibbling or drinking. Um, yeah, there's sort of it's a mixture of things going on out there. Uh, sort of in this urban area. Uh, this is like uh, Preboy, 
Uh, oh, I don't know if it is anymore, but it's kind of this long stretch of, of urban area. Like lots of tower blocks and stuff. In it, it feels quite Balkan actually. It feels quite uh, kind of kind of half rural Balkan with the with the kind of the some, there's some older buildings, but a lot of tall kind of tower blocks sort of nestled in the centre of the town. Sort of new roads uh, kind of pushed through. So the Leem actually becomes a, a reservoir soon-ish, uh, and that should be quite interesting. So hopefully I'll get some shots before we disappear into a tunnel. Get some shots of the dam. Uh, but yeah, we've still got six hours to go. So. Lots of, you know, what, that's five hours done. To be fair, it's not too bad. Uh, spirits are high. Now, and this building isn't unfinished. Um, yeah, there we go. You see, it looks quite popular. It's like kind of like suburban vibes. But we're, I mean, you know, I'm not saying this is a hugely densely populated area compared to, you know, like Belgrade or Nice or Krakowiewacz or some of the big cities. But certainly it's, you know, it's populous and it's quite fetching. You know, these, these mountain, this mountain area is, is it's pretty fetching. You know, very wooded, very interesting. I'd love to just explore. It'd be just fascinating to go and explore, um, you know, endless escarpments of, of wooded of wooded trees with these mountains above it, it's just pretty beautiful but as I say this isn't the most this isn't the most mountainous part we've we've gone through um, Zlatibor mountain we're now in the valley kind of beyond as I'm sure we'll look at in a map momentarily uh, also here we go as we've got the Lima River this is a reservoir uh, you can see the dam there uh, at the end um, uh, and then this nice reservoir that we're kind of crawling alongside uh, here not, not very fast very fetching though isn't it um, it's beautiful. It's actually really lovely. It's, 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 you know, absolute reasons to take this railway is to enjoy the scenery, to enjoy this, the kind of the varying of the train. I'm sure if you um, go back through the video from last time and this time and look at the views, you see that, that you get, it's, it's almost this sort of, it's like a symphony. You get this increasing spikiness of the mountain scenery and then it settles again and uh, as you, as you kind of, and then it climbs once more and you get all the civil engineering, so you know, your tunnels, uh, bridges, including um, this, this one here, um, which uh, decidedly got blown up. This is uh, on the Lima River near Bistritsa. Uh, they got blown up by NATO um, in the uh, late 90s. Uh, there are tunnels, bridges, and there are lots of obviously earthworks and, and, and uh, retaining structures, as we talked about last time. Just it's, it's, don't forget how much this is an enormous bit of civil engineering that we, that we kind of pass through here. Hey, what, To, just to have a look. Hopefully, in my wanderings around the train, I've given you an idea of what this little consist looks like. I think it's only four coaches, isn't it? It's not a huge train. We, we had a look at it in the. Actually, the, the, I think the, there are views of this train in both the previous video and 
uh, and this one. And um, the, the coaches are varying ages. Like this is definitely an old one we're in. It's pretty haggard looking. Um, then the city one, which I think I'm into now, is in a much better nick. Uh, see, there's some, some people having a nice time. Uh, families, business people, pretty well used. Sleeping wives. Uh, yeah, it's it's. This is this is the, this is the, the snazzy coach, which is why everyone's in it. I dare say. Um, and uh, yes, there's uh, a lot of. You see, this this, this area looks. Uh, parts of it look pretty affluent, actually. Like some of the houses, some of the cars indicate kind of a higher level of affluence in this area than than certainly we saw in in um, in Bosnia. Looking across, uh, another theme is lots of graveyards uh, next to the railway. I don't know why. I just sort of seem to see lots of them. Anyway, the weather's closing in, so things are, things are looking a bit a bit rougher. Yeah, these are fancy fancy properties. See what I'm saying? Also, there's the, you know, and, and cars as well. It's, it's, it's all a little bit fancy around here. I don't, uh, the, the, the demographic is, I don't know, there's people who come down from um, from Belgrade and have, like, country houses here or used to live here and they've come back, and, you know, they send money back to the family. But anyway, um, what else is there? Oh, yeah, there's, um, oh, yes, us gently pulling into um, into a location. Where is this location? Well, uh, we're actually pulling into basically a passing loop because uh, a train has to pass. It's going the other way. It's the um, it's the train, the, the, the bar to Belgrade train, <laughs> make its way in the other direction. Um, cheerio. Come back to the back of the train. It's just a long journey. You can just you know meander around quite a lot. Um, some observations. <laughs> Track quality is pretty good actually. Um, uh, there's some interesting things I've seen out like they use a, a fat sleeper to support the joint, which is quite so where they've got jointed track. For the most part, this is jointed, for the most part it's actually now we're on welded track again. So for the most part it's long welded if not continuous welded rails. Um, one observation, the whole line is hopelessly overcounted. Like you don't need for the most part along these, these curves, you don't need any count whatsoever for the speed to train to be. So, uh, oh, look, there's a nice, nice through tunnel again. And uh, a little bit. Just click that and do that. Um, oh, the road next to us as well. Come and stand here, all fancy. Look out this window. There you are. The road behind us. And yeah, hopelessly overcanted. But uh, it's kind of. Oh, what was I saying about track quality? It's got quite fancy. I'm in the older coach now. I don't know when this one was made. It's probably in the 80s, probably. Anyway. Uh, still very much enjoying it. We're over the halfway mark. Oh, well, in terms of time, uh, not sure about distance. I think we must get really slow as we weave up into the proper mountains in uh, Tsumagora. But uh, yeah, the ballast quality—it's like the track quality is definitely reducing as we get further towards the, the, the edge of Serbia. So I don't know whether there's going to be an obvious difference when we cross that border in terms of the, the, the maintenance of the level of the way. Uh, that's quite nice, isn't it? We've got nothing just bleached out. We've got this nice, uh, yeah, nice view at the back window of the train. And it's kind of gently rocking, bouncing up and down. Um, it doesn't look too bad, to be fair. Looking out, the, looking out this window, I, as an observer, it's not too bad. You know, it certainly compares favourably to UK heritage railways. Uh, anyway, definitely waffling. I'm going to continue, you know, filling time, padding. Snoozing, eating bacon products, and drinking Kenyan's uh, Milosh. Uh, it's quite a good view out there. Yes, there is, because we are uh, slowly and gently pulling up to the last station in Serbia. 
That's right, Priapolia. Uh, here we are uh, with a pretty rad-looking liveried loco just sat in a siding. Awesome. Yes, tickets. Because tickets, papers, passports are what we need to hand over. Because we are in, uh, having been in Priapolia, we're now in Priapolia. Uh, the last station, the last big station, the last stop at least on this train before we reach the Serbian border and climb our way into Tunagora. Indeed, climbing is what we are about to be doing. We've, we've been gently climbing up to Priapolia. Then we're going to start doing some slightly more impressive climbing towards the border as we depart uh, Priapolia. Um, and again, lots of kind of look like 90s era gravestones. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, the weather's closing in again as we climb, I'm, I'm afraid to say. Um, but uh, here we go. This is, uh, by the way, this, if you want more rear view uh, footage, there's lots of that at the end of this video. So just, just to remember, don't, don't end up in the credits. So it's quite a nice scenery. I, I like this sort of open woodland. So very, it looks almost like, you know, Southeast European uh, rainforest at this point, which, by the way, is parts of it are UNESCO protected for this very type of terrain. So it's very, very beautiful. Um, here we go. Ooh, another tunnel. Uh, right, here we are arriving into what I think is Brodarevo. Uh, Brodarevo? station brother level um here we are pulling up um we do stop but no one gets out i don't know i don't i don't know whether more customs officers hop on interestingly look at see the tracks go into the transformer there that's that's kind of interesting anyway another thing to note is is the amount of track maintenance i was talking earlier about track quality and i'll talk about some about the next episode i'll talk about some of the projects that have been going on but a lot of investment has been happening in this line and, and you can kind of tell by a lot of the new materials who look a nice Nice, yeah, I agree, Dina. Nice, uh, nice, nice little monastery there in the, in the valley. That's quite nice. Um, and here we are. look at the okay, just snapshots because it's really difficult to. You just saw a snapshot of the gorge there. The the scenery is gets very very spectacular as we approach the border. Uh, you know, just little snapshots. I'm afraid. Um, oh look, we're stationary. Why might that be? So um, over there, the door that's currently closing. Is um. Montenegro. And here, in fact, if I shine over this door, because I can do that, over here, with uh, some emotional painting behind, is uh, Serbia. And we're very, very close to the border. Well, I mean, yeah, literally over there. Uh, we're about to cross the border, so uh, leaving Serbia behind. We've already had one passport check, which is fairly pain-free. Uh, in fact, with the two police people out there who did the passport check, um, I think they're saying goodbye because this train is then going to pass across the border and uh, we're going to get our passports checked again by the Montenegrin border control. Fairly straightforward. Um, yeah, I've just shown you some footage of, of how weavy windy the uh, the line is. This is going to be a slow video and we're going to have lots of nice uninterrupted sections of the view at the back of the train. Um, yeah, we'll see. There's so many spectacular structures that I'm just failing miserably to represent. So, so many fantastic views that, that a little lens like this just can't. You, you've got to take the train to actually experience it. But um, hopefully I've vaguely approximated it. Anyway, right, I'm going to go make sure I've got hold of my passport in case they do another one. Yeah, it somewhat makes the Eurostar security checks seem ridiculous and unnecessary. Uh, given there isn't a history of uh, ethnic tension uh, between uh, England and France. But anyway, um, the slight view of the gorge, this is just, it's just absolutely stunning uh, views up uh, across. Uh, it's difficult to comprehend just how beautiful this, this, this section is. Uh, it's just, I think this is, this is known as the Pesta Plateau here. Uh, and you can just see all these kind of 
cliffy uh, kind of lumps uh, with the, the forest escarpments. Really, really spectacular. But the, also the Lim River still, I think, uh, weaving along, uh, separating us in Montenegro. Um, it's just it's just a very enjoyable journey. It's just a, a really, honestly, very enjoyable, very interesting journey. Uh, here we are. Lots of uh, oh, there's a river. Nice view of, uh, of of the mountains here and of. Uh, yeah, just a general view of the of the, of the sort of terrain. Things are getting more rural again, you know, more agriculture, but it's looking quite healthy. There's quite a lot of healthy-looking farms. Uh, everything does look quite smart around here, I have to be said. Um, the, the weather opened up at this point, actually, so we got some blue sky, and then we just got this mist coming off the mountains, which was really, really fab. Uh, very, very much enjoyed that. <laughs> Some, some animals as well there uh, because it's, it's very very fetching it's very nice these, these sort of almost small holdings sort of set up here um, and then and then the foothills climbing up to the, the higher mansions in the background it's just it's a very appealing bit of terrain I'd strongly recommend just, I mean obviously just come take come take this train for everyone come and take the train let's update where we are so we were in Priapolia where have we got to now we are now uh, working our way because we're about to arrive into Bielopolia we've crossed the border uh, all of what you saw there was Montenegro uh, it's worth pointing out we're now sitting at the top bottom of a very large hill uh, before we climb up into uh, into into the mountains into the Dinaridi mountains and uh uh, towards Collishin and some serious views await us. Anyway, here we are, Bielopolia. Um, very nice. Uh, what else is there to see here? It's a very rudimentary station. It's quite a sizable station. Uh, why is it? Oh, why is that noisy? Oh, it's because the train has a little about to go past. Not the snappiest name of, uh, of, a, of a railway operating company, it, it must be said. Anyway, here we are, train parked up, some some moving around because obviously the, the, you can't have the Serbian train uh, the Serbian local the Serbian local has to come off and then they put the Montenegrin local on the front seems unnecessary to me but anyway um, that's what they do <laughs> uh, there we are Zelaznitski Prevoz Tsunagora that's the that's uh, the, the name of the, the Montenegrin railway operator so um, there we are. there's a bit of freight as it, in fact lots of freight it's, it's a quite a big station this one um, quite a lot of uh, stuff being exchanged uh, for the for the haul over the hill uh, presumably quite a lot of um, fiddling it's almost like a fiddle yard quite a lot of fiddling goes on before they take the trains in either direction uh, up into Serbia or southwards towards Podgorica and the sea train is pointing southwards towards the mountains because we are very much about to be climbing up into the mountains. We're in Bielopolia, which is in Montenegro, Tunagora. So uh, yeah, we've made it across the border. I mean, obviously it's fine. Um, it's very casual passport check and uh, the doors closing again and um, we're soon going to be on our way. 
Indeed. Uh, a few freight wagons here. You can see lots of nice houses. It's, as I say, there's a ribbon of built up here that we're kind of passing along, the railway passing along. Probably contributed to that development, even though everyone seems to drive, sadly. Elm will move anyway. Just pulled away from the lean, finally. We've been following it for you know, tens of kilometres, quite a long way. Um, we just pulled away from it to begin our climb. So, uh, it's what time is it now? It's uh, just gone five, five past five. So, less than three hours to go, and we are decidedly going up. Up and up. Up and up indeed, because we are climbing. You can see the, the little HGV down there on the road, the, the valley floor. We've kind of diverted off the off the main river. Uh, the, we're climbing up into the mountain. Indeed, there we are. There's a, a nice poster for some of the civil engineering work that's been going on on the line. More on that next episode. Uh, snapshots in all directions. Oh, there's that guy. Don't worry about him. Um, viaducts galore. Uh, you know, the higher up you go, the more civil engineering you have to use to. Uh, make use of the limited number of contour lines you can thread a railway along. Uh, but already you're kind of finding ourselves climbing up into the clouds. It's pretty spectacular. This, this climb up into the clouds as we pass through Miyatova Kolo and, uh, and, and, and with the mountains kind of uh, as this frame behind it. So it's quite up. We're, we're on the side of a hill, if you haven't noticed. We are on the side of a mountain. <laughs> kind of weaving our way. Uh, through the hills, we're actually approaching a, a pretty substantial tunnel uh, that kind of sticks us out in, in a town called uh, Moikovac, uh, which is uh, quite nice. Um, as we dive deeper and deeper into, into Montenegro, I, you know, there's, there's, there's less... Oh, there's a lovely view up that valley with that road, that's a quite a nice drive. Less and less railway left before we actually reach Kolosin. Between, uh, between the, the, the weaving of the, of the train and kind of weaving and following the contours, the fact that we're climbing at a pretty steady rate and the horrendous overcounting of this whole line. Uh, this is quite the roller coaster. Uh, everything's still pretty forested at the moment, but I think the, uh, the, the amount of foliage is going to reduce as we as we climb further towards a thousand metres above sea level. Um, it's, yeah, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I'm enjoying myself as I pop out of a out of a tunnel, uh, out of the long tunnel I was alluding to earlier, in, into into Moikovac, the um, fairly sizable little, little town here. Um, you, not that you can get a view of it here, this little approach road, but you'll see in a second it's quite a large town as 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 the as the town kind of avails itself before us as, as we pass through. Some of you are going, wait a minute, am I watching a, a real time view of this whole trip? I could just go on it myself. Well, uh, no, because this is only three hours worth of video I'm giving you in total, including the three episodes. It's very yellow. I can see with my house. It's cracking. Very nice. Um, there's this whole thing, this journey took about like 13 hours because we got delayed from basically this point onwards. Um, yeah, look at that. Looking very pleasant. In fact, there's some, some more railway starts to it. That looks like it decided they misused whatever it is. Factory? Question mark? We're not sure. Anyway, some sleepers in a pile. Uh, there's about to be some, you know, uh, yeah, passing the That's what we want to see. Some more railway stuff going on. Um, we also seem to be slowing steadily. Uh, that's probably because Moikovac is quite a big town, and I hope the train's going to stop and pick up some people. Uh, there we go. Also, as you've been noticing the whole time, OLE mass, of course, this whole line electrified to 25 kV. Doing better than we can in the UK for many of our railways, let's face it. Nice fresh ballast there. Look at that. Lovely. Oh, there we are. 
And indeed, we're on the move again, following the Tara River. Um, uh, in fact, as we're, we're about to pass over it, I think, you see that that's not that, that's a road. Uh, below us momentarily is, is going to be the Tara River. Following the spectators. Uh, following this spectacular wooded gorge. I, I mean, we've had, you know, the, the theme of this is showing you what Balkan terrain is, you know, what, what not Balkan, really, what, what Yugoslav terrain is like, what, what Serbian Montenegrin terrain is like. The heart of these, of these this, this, this former country is these, it's, it's just this epic, quite hostile, difficult terrain. Um, now, there's a brief snapshot of a very epic bridge, uh, and I'm going to attempt to film that bridge several times. There are very brief, very brief snapshots. I'm going to attempt several times to film it and failed miserably because uh, the foliage... I don't know whether it's better to do this in winter because you can see all the structures and the views, but then there's a risk that it... Well, also, it's dark for a lot more of the year, so... Or is it? I don't know. It's, the variation isn't quite as much down this part. So, I don't know. There's... there's cause, no, because it's gone around the corner. Uh, that's the, uh, you briefly saw the bridge. Now you can just see the epic gorge and, and, and kind of the mountain, the misty mountain across the other side. Once again, covered in wood, wooden to its very tops, uh, with the odd cliff and it's just it is spectacular, unassailable scenery. I mean, I just wouldn't. Where, where would you start in attempting to get to the top of these Munros? You've got a bloody motorway to the top, pretty much of every single Munro. These goodness knows how you find your way up to the top. Anyway, here we are. Look, it's another passing loop splitting away from us. Um, uh, what else are we going to see here? Yeah, it's a nice, nice railway structure. Trough uh, room. And views down to the gorge again. Uh, uh, weaving and weaving and weaving. Bridge after bridge after bridge. Because um, uh, it is, we have to follow, we're following the contours as best we can. Um, short of where we every now and then uh, nip out into a. This is a future. Well, here we are, passing um, what I assume is Trebaljevo, um, I think. Uh, it's like a brief moment. Actually, there's a brief section line. We kind of weave around a big corner, essentially. So, substation. Yeah, we, we kind of weave around a big, a big corner before disappearing into a series of tunnels um, that then take us to Colosseum. So, yeah, there's another passing. You know, it's a chance. You know, these brief, you know, signal as well. Brief chance for uh, for us to have passing. It didn't like 500 meters, though, did it? Uh, maybe it was. I think all the passing was 500 meters. I don't know whether I say that in this video or in another bit. You know, but uh, anyway, digress. Dina looking pensively out the windows and uh, some foliage. And brief, oh yeah, there's a structure in the background. That's a nice bridge. Brief snapshot, brief before we disappear into a tunnel. Uh, and here we are once again high up. Uh, the weather, mixed bag. Yeah, every now and then there's just lots and lots of little bridges over um, over each of the little valleys that we pass over. Uh, you're on the side of a hill, it's not smooth. There's lots of little you know, gorges with water on them uh, that you have to pass over. Uh, where else are we? Oh, I tell you what, though. There uh, we go. Weather, sea, mixture. <laughs> Very rather British-looking weather at this point with the mixed clouds. Although this this camera image doesn't really do it justice. It's pretty spectacular. The weather is remarkable. Uh, sadly, it closed in at the opportune moment, but uh, I'm not going to tell you about that because that's for you to enjoy in the next video. But uh, as we kind of gently trundle. Uh, higher and higher above the houses, the tree tops, and so on and so forth. Uh, we we are approaching our our kind of closing destination, at least for this part of the video, um, or this 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 section, this 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 part part two, part two or three. I, I I do know my own video structure. This is infuriating for the audio only people, I'm sure. Anyway, there's another bridge in the background that I didn't successfully film that you can just about see curving around. Very nice. Um, and that's just, uh, that's over the, actually, that's over the, what I think is called the Svinjatja uh, River. Uh, as we weave our way into Kolashin, we are almost at the top of the hill. 
uh, almost climbed over and mounted the highest point on the railway, the highest point on the railway, which is 1,032 metres. It's a seriously impressive uh, geography that we're assailing at this point. Really, really is quite magical. And here it is, Collishan Station. Rather understated. In fact, we're pulling out of it now because uh, I didn't film us pulling in. I did, but it was all clicky. Collishan, there it is. That's uh, smart enough station with uh, pretty incredible views. Spectacular views, I would say. There's, uh, there's some track maintenance train here. I think these are all full of ballast. Uh, what, what other machines? Are, I'm sure there's others. I seem to remember there being some other on-track machines that we've filmed here. Maybe in the background, anyway. Lots of sleepers, some rails piled up. Um, lots and lots of things uh, to allow them to, to look after the track, which is good, because it is actually in pretty good nick, which is reassuring, because um, let me tell you, the uh, the gradient from here in Collishan down to Podgorich is very, very extreme, uh, which is possibly why I inadvertently kind of walked along and looked at all the various brake handles on the train, just to make myself familiar with where they were. Anyway, that's another story. This is what the views were looking like from the top. Absolutely breathtaking. This is what I could film while the weather hadn't closed in. Dancing with angels at this point in our train. Dancing with angels. Thank you to all of you listening to this in audio-only form. I don't know how the hell this works. Uh, this, these three episodes, this, this series, this, this little kind of three-part series is, is, is very much like background. I'm not going to be offended if you're saying this is kind of gentle background noise to you, to, for those of you who particularly enjoy my softly spoken Scottish uh, lilt. Uh, then you can enjoy that, me describing a rail journey from Belgrade to Bar. Um, the usual adverts, patreon.com slash gathenis to support or indeed to to aggravate me to not create more of this. Uh, GarethDennis.co.uk slash merch for merchandise. Uh, and also do suggest merchandise in the Discord server, GarethDennis.co.uk slash Discord. And for general uh, coinage, paypal.me slash GarethDennis. Thank you so much to all of you who support the show in any way that you do, uh, because it's a bit of a labor of love. I, I enjoy making this podcast. I enjoy episodes being very different. You don't know what... You, the, the, I think we span a range of different things, hard-hitting interviews, and then this guff. Um, no, I, it's, it's a spectacular bit of scenery. Oh, the last thing I have to tell you is that Leo Murray is joining us next week. Episode 182, electric vehicle charges should be kept off pavements. We're going to talk about all sorts of things, including um, what the solutions for on street charging are and uh, why quite a lot of them uh, are not very good uh, with a bit of a focus on what's happening in London because that's where most of them are being built at the moment anyway uh, that should be very interesting I, I, it was a great episode because I've recorded it already because of the magic of television uh, in the meantime let's go back to me and see what I have to say because I don't actually know that I'm ending an episode so let's see if I manage to do something like that so we're now in the tunnel just after Collishoe which is almost the summit of the line the summit might be in this tunnel actually I'm not sure the summit is at 1100, uh, 1100 metres above sea level, uh, which is, you know, Monroe height. And the views have been, hopefully I've snapped, caught a snapshot of a few. The views have just been absolutely breathtaking, honestly, spectacular. I don't know what this line is like in winter when it's snowing. If the, the train is able to pass, that will just be mind-blowing. But uh, it's very green at the moment, which is fine, apart from the uh, the foliage uh, blocking the view. Anyway, let's have uh, let's have me and me and then me and then me behind that in a shot um, before I go and enjoy the rest of the view. There's a uh, Malareka, which is uh, coming up soon, which will be fantastic. Uh, that's a viaduct, by the way. Thank you, me in the past. Very interesting. Um, uh, it only remains for me to, to sort of bid you all farewell. Thanks for listening. Cheerio, everyone. Cheerio.
everyone. Thank you for sticking with the episode so far. It's the very end of episode 181. And uh, as a little tidbit, we're going to talk about the, uh, the, the 181 class. No, there is not a British Rail Class 181. There is, however, the Irish Railways 181 class diesel locomotive, built by General Motors EMD, Electromotive Division. Um, a rather rugged AF-looking beast uh, here. There is a tenuous link from this uh, beast... Uh, rather, you know, practical-looking beast. Uh, the uh, the 181 here is looking rather more shiny and and, and and looked after. There's a tenuous link between this vehicle and the Belgrade Bar Railway because the 181 class, built by GMEMD, shares a lot in common to the 71 class, also built by GMEMD. Um, this is the uh, the the Irish Railways 71 class, or the Northern Ireland Railways 110 class, or the Serbian Railways. Series 666, and it was delivered, you can see, slightly different looking beast, uh, but it's the same vehicle, um, as the as the 71 class, that is, delivered as a replacement to the very original Series 761, um, which is you know, based off a Kraus Maffei um, ML2200, uh, you can see the rusted out remains of it as, as we passed it, um, and, and you've seen elsewhere in this series of videos it, it looking slightly healthier, but there we go, there's the link. So these, these, these oh, by the way, the, the 666s, the, 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 the Jusse 666s are still, are still running in and around uh, former Yugoslavia as we speak. They're still hanging around. Uh, some of them are still, still in their original uh, Tito Blue Train Blue, as you can see from that photograph, uh, the third along there. Anyway, thanks for watching. Bye.